Dr. P on the pod. Dr. P on the pod. Dr. P on the pod. Thank you for joining Dr. P on the pod. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. I hope you are having a fantastic, a fantastic week and a fantastic Thursday. There's so much going on uh, in the world, but that's all right. That's all right. Sometimes we just shake our heads. I am a news buff and sometimes I just can't take it. I have to turn off, turn off the news, stop watching it and just give it all over to God's grace. There's a lot of conversation. We're getting ready for uh, the 2020 elections. Some of us uh, have elections. We have primary uh, elections here in Virginia in June, local primaries. You know, every opportunity we get to vote, we need to do what? Vote. You know, uh, sometimes we miss our local elections because we're not paying attention to what's going on in our local communities. Excuse me. We are always looking at what's happening in the national scene. But we need to take a minute and find out what's going on in your community. What, when is the next uh, mayor, mayor, mayor election? When is the next uh, state senate election? Uh, the next state con- con- representatives uh, elections. E- elections, elections, elections. Even if it's the chief of police, whatever it is, if there's an opportunity to cast your vote, you need to do what? Cast your vote. Listen, if you have not seen uh, Reconstruction, it's a a PBS series done by our brother, uh, Dr. Henry Louis Gates up there at Harvard. Uh, He just he's just a magnificent uh, gift to the world of bringing black history to life. There's a four part series called Reconstruction. You really need to uh, just take a minute and just uh, each one is an hour long and you need to just take a minute and just watch uh, Reconstruction. It is just a epic. It is a epic documentary that we all need to take our time and fill our minds and hearts on the sacrifices of our people. And, you know, it's, it's, it's history and it's not just black history. It's American history. Uh, so we need to do that um, because we don't have no future if we don't know our history. So today your charge is to find out about your local elections, tell everybody to go vote and make sure we, we have to all, we all have to work on getting everybody to vote uh, in your local areas as well nationally, regardless of who you're voting for. The reality is just vote. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but I am going to press upon you to please do that four-letter word, V-O-T-E, vote. Okay? Vote. Very important thing. The second Sunday of June. Well, Again, it's Thursday. Today, I want you to find out about your local elections because I want you to ready yourself up to vote, not just next year, but vote. Vote whatever whatever thing is next time is coming up to vote in your area. I want you to vote. That's your assignment today. When do I get the next opportunity to vote Sunday. right Second here Sunday. where I in June? Live. Yes, it's Thursday. And it's Dr. P on the pod. Dr. P on the pod, yeah! 
Hey, you know, today we're going to talk about health uh, ministries. You know, oftentimes, you know, the bomb in Gilead, we are uh, focused on health ministries. We want every church serving at black folks to have a health ministry. You know, when we look at so many health ills, so many, we're just suffering for so, from so many acute diseases and chronic diseases. And we don't have to. We don't have to suffer from so many preventable diseases. And we can manage the diseases we do have. So we want every church, you know, I'm on calls, meetings after meetings after meetings after meetings on how do we reach black people and how do we, you know, have sustainable programs. Well, guess what? I know that the way that we reach black people, we reach black people through our faith, through our faith communities. It is still the most influential institution in our community is our church. We, whether we come to church or not, the church is still the most influential place in the community. And I believe that we need every church to get focused about black people's health about black people's health. So we want everybody, every congregation, every pastor, we want you to get healthy. You know, so if you don't have a health ministry, contact the bomb in Gilead and let's get the process started. If you have a health ministry, contact the bomb in Gilead so we can be a place where you can get additional resources. We want to be your partner in getting establishing a health ministry in your congregation because we've got to do more about talk about it. We need to create a sustainable systematic system that connects us, that get us health. We have to pull ourselves up out of this death trap of health disparities. So I'm excited today that my guest today is Bishop Horace Smith. You've, he's been on my show uh, before, but I'm going to bring you one of his uh, preaching moments. Uh, bishop Horace Smith, as you know, he is a bishop. He is the senior pastor of the Apostolic Faith Church uh, in Chicago, Illinois. I just love Bishop Horace Smith. And he is an MD. He is assistant professor of pediatrics at the Northwestern University Friedenberg School of Medicine in Chicago. Bishop is just a uh, a gift. He is a gift to the body of Christ. He's a gift uh, in his in his walk with God as pastor. He has a tremendous thriving uh, church in Chicago. He's known worldwide, not only through the apostolic faith community. He has done incredible work on HIV and all kind of health disparities throughout uh, the world. Uh, he is just he's just an incredible person. Uh, and he brings, he brings his bishophood, uh, his walk with God and his walk with medicine together. Uh, I think that his, his, uh, health ministry is one of the models for the nation. Uh, and because he is both, um, pastor, bishop, and doctor. He brings so much, so much uh, to us. Uh, he's he's with us every year at Healthy Churches 2020. Uh, if you want to meet Bishop, come to Healthy Churches 2020. If you want to meet some of the most extraordinary pastors and faith leaders and doctors, come to Healthy Churches 2020 conference, November 19th to the 22nd in Charlotte, North Carolina. Bishop, uh, 
he is just he has a contagious spirit and I'm going to turn it over to him and let a pastor talk to the pastor and the people of God about why we have to get serious from our pulpits about talking to to about health. We have just like we're talking about spiritual health, we got to talk about physical health. We got to address the body of Christ here on earth. So I'm going to move out the way and I'm going to let Bishop Horace Smith, the senior pastor of the Apostolic Faith Church out there in Chicago and also the medical doctor of pediatrics at Northwestern University. I'm going to let him have a word with you today. It's Thursday. Yes, it's th- it's got to be Thursday because it's Dr. P on the pod. Is that the Lord expects me to do something in what he gave me based on what he gave me? 
So again, multi people encouraging this wisdom. Not the meaning of God goes to the accountable for our potential. We become ability to easily work for others who are struggling. The question is, have you ever thought about what is your healthiest thing? Again, I, I talked about in, in the video, uh, this thing called the fifth day, and my wife is sitting here, and I went to my church. Four years ago, I didn't think it was, and my wife gave me a scripture and said to me, this is the fifth. I said, what is this? She said, it's the fifth day. I said, what's the fifth day? I had no idea. But what I did was I went to the internet and I did a look up fifth day and fitness. And I believe the Lord spoke to me. He doesn't say this to me. I believe the Holy Spirit will speak to you if you are speaking to the Holy Spirit. I heard God say, it's a good last chance to be finished. And so it gave me self motivation because I knew as a physician, uh, the statistics of disease among all of us, African Americans and so forth, was like my males. But what I did not understand was that I could be more fit today than I was 15 years ago. And that's why I started to walk. And, and, and again, my other slide, I'll get back in a moment. But my, my point was this that I began to ask myself, what are the greatest parameters that we have control over that can make a difference? And so thinking about genetics, we have to think, well, genetics are so powerful. You know, my family history is, is negative about heart disease or cancer, you know, I'm kind of doomed. But certainly it's not the case. Again, look at the CDC numbers. Less than 12% of health outcomes are genetic. And even with knowing that, you do know that epigenetic means that it really is not only the gene itself, but how that gene is expressed. And that is impacted by the environment and the preceding generations. Now, they have a certain thing come out of the expression of your, even your genetic expression. So again, it, it means that it's not too early, no matter what your health may be and your family health may be, to do things like this. How many of us have taken the advantage of things like Thanksgiving and family gatherings to do a good family health history? To find out what's in my family? What did cousin so-and-so have? Why did my uncle die early? Why did my mother die at 26 years of age? These are things that may be tied to your genetics, but again, information is power. And as you understand those things, you can begin to effectuate them in a positive way. The next three or three is trying to talk about each stage of life and what can we do at each stage. And I'm going to make this clear to everybody at the end of this talk. Um, again, I talked about our faith. Is that what you're using? Yeah, but, but, but as I said in the first time in, in, in the beginning of my talk, what is the future going to be like? And what can we do to make sure that it is the best that it can be? And so, again, we have to understand that if too many of our children are born prematurely, as you know, low birth weight. I won't go through all of, of these numbers, but even as my grandmother was born, I realized that researchers and other prognosticators sociologists, insurance, actuaries, all knew, depending on her negative deaths. All knew that they're beginning to develop products and other things because they can count on a thing statistically that's going to happen to her. So we can't be forced to change it. I think it's enough to say, and I don't know if she's really going to be kind of a moment alone, I said, you know, you gave me a sign, and I have to confess to you that it's perfect. 
to the top of the emotion that is about to get into another kind of research on infant mortality and maternal mortality. You might know if you just need to describe how the maternal mortality in my life is real to me. It's horrendous. In the New York Times, and it's been written by most in April, uh, they had a front page article about a young woman, a black woman, uh, who was very uh, well educated. She had income and so forth. But as she was being cared for, they really gave, I think, minimal attention to her underlying diseases. And the young lady had hypertension that was not well determined. She lost the child as she died four months later from complications. When I went back into the statistics, you might know that maternal mortality of an African American is as bad as it was in 1860. You can stop now. There's a real crisis in healthcare among African Americans, especially on the access. And it would be very clear to you three times that it is not over racism. I, I guarantee you it is the power of institutionalism, where what should be offered us is not always offered. In the last, in the last time I was able to go forward, uh, I happened to be a long-term case family. My life happened to everyone but the major, the majority of the family. And so the greatest tennis player ever reaching is to be a leader. Just to be a mother, right? Isn't that mostly almost something? Even though they knew her history of autoimmune disease to the detail, but if not, how can we give her the proper attention during that time? And then, by the grace of God, she is alive. And this is not being overly dramatic because the wonderful truth over and over and over again that we need to be better advocates, we need to be more aware, as the young people told us about Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and others, that we must understand that we've got. As the church, we can have a need to advocate uh, for our people. Again, the, the numbers are disturbing uh, as part of toxicities. Uh, government pediatricians, sometimes we think it's about faith or about faith, but again, the genetics tell us differently. But we can reverse the choices that have been made if we empowered by powerful, positive information by health and nutrition. I want to go to one other section that was coming out the question. One of the, the real issues among us, and I see it even as a hematologist, among our children is childhood obesity. This is worse than that before. We're seeing children ages 8, 9, and 10 with type 2 diabetes. This is unconscionable. And hypertension, and then of course, all the complications, you know, kidney diseases, and so forth. And we really should not see it because, again, these are almost all because of lifestyle and decisions that they will pay in again. The four reasons? Sorry, you need to maintain lifestyle. Our children, again, are not active. This is a global problem. There's a latest study came out in Canada, one in China as well, about an astronomical increase in childhood obesity. Because the process foods, and most of all, because this sedentary lifestyle. If you look at statistics, uh, when I was growing up as a young boy, we had, uh, we called it a gym, a vacation, every day in school. 
Now we can access into the common schools. We are going to put in hand here. So we're going to have adults or other kinds of important subjects, but the children are not outside. What is going to be so a child to start playing hopscotch from broken work? He's not that evil. But, but again, if he was growing up, we were exposed to physical activity on a regular basis. Right now, our children, even as young as I have a three-year-old and he can take my phone right now, launch his app, he plays his movies and his games before he turns three. Now, that may mean that we have an aptitude for, again, technology. That's what means he's much more sensitive. And so these are things I think that we can spin around. Again, the numbers are, 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 are compelling. If our children remain the same as it's now among civil activity, more than 8 million young people are overweight or at least are only 18. And so we've got to our children that have reached what they call an active, healthy level. That means 16 minutes of medium aerobic kind of activity every day for five days a week. We can avoid $16.6 billion in direct medical costs and $23.6 billion in lost productivity. My point is that all things can be reversed. In a moment, if I have a lesson, we can talk about so many health parameters. But one of the things that we are doing within Chicago and really in our urban centers, again, is health, public health as a result of violence, poverty, and crime. It really is a great moral crisis. It's almost becoming new. We, in our church, we announced, you know, we're going to reach how many got shot, how many got fed, as truth is so clear. But you know what is common cannot be right. What, what is common can be turned around, and there's some short long term issues there. Maybe we can talk about those. I'm going to stop for a moment. But I think here is the driving point that the church is the only institution. The church is the only organism. The church is the only people that have the will, the knowledge, and I believe the resources to begin to demand that we as a people become healthier. We have the ability to do it, and we can do it again and do it again. I have a quote my scripture, and you can have all these slides later on. And in it, then the only time to feel, feel, and destroy. And we must stop healthy. We must stop. I don't know what it's going to take. Doesn't mean that you can't eat it and rehearse again. But what is just great today? Great choice of name. But choice is the chance of one of us. But the Lord can give us life. Again, I want to just put those hands upon Gilead. Okay, this kind of problem just by returning gives us hope and gives me a, a boost. Know that we've got the power to do it because we only have the door. I wanna live a healthy life. I wanna live a healthy life. I wanna live a healthy life. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Looking forward to Sunday morning. Looking forward to Saturday at the synagogue. And we're looking forward to being in the mosque on Friday. All of God's children, we're just looking forward to worship. However we worship, we are looking forward to a good time at worship with the body of Christ, the body of uh 
Allah, whoever you call God, God walks with, talks with me, and He has many, 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 many names. So, to the to my bro, my brothers, my brothers and sisters uh, who are going to the mosque on Friday, God bless you. To my brothers and sisters who are going to the synagogue on Saturday, God bless you. And to my brothers and sisters who will meet me on Sunday morning, in Jesus' name, God bless you. You know what? It's Thursday, and we'll be right back here next. Thursday, Dr. P on the pod. God bless you, and you know what? I'm out. Dr. P.